You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it in the first place. To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So, again, I think I've said this before in the same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, returning co-host for one special edition Asia Robinson, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Hey, Asia. Hey, Montoya, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Hey, glad to have you back in the saddle with me, Queen. If you, even if it's only for one special occasion, you know, you out conquering the world, doing bigger and better things. And, you know, <laughs> hey, you, have, you know, you, you held me down as a queen of intellect for a long time. So, you know, I got to shout you out when you come back on this thing and represent and get up extra early after a long week of work. So thank you, Queen, for being with me uh, this morning, if you will. We'll get our special no guest. In. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll get our special guest introduced uh, here in a second. But I want to highlight that you are on the Hip Hop School Past and Present Podcast. that one of your co-hosts on with you as well. But if you want to highlight any other aspects of your uh, background before we introduce our guest, go ahead, Queen. But thank you for being with me again. Well, um, I'm a woman of many hats. <laughs> um, just, just be juggling a whole lot of things. Um, right now we are, you know, working out some of the um, some of the kinks on our on our different shows and just um, figuring out in which direction we're going to go. Uh, we have the Hip Hop School Past and Present Podcast, as well as the um, Still Arm Sports Show. Um, I also have my own show, which is the Death of the Asia. And um, right now we're just figuring everything out, you know, because, you know, life happens and we all have our families and things that we need to take care of outside of entertaining social media platforms. So right now we're just pretty much working on, you know, establishing different time frames and the landscape of the show to keep everything rolling. Um, so uh, you can definitely check us out on the YouTube platform. 
um, as well as um, some of the shows are on Anchor also. Um, nice. We do have um, TikTok and um, Instagram pages as well. No, absolutely. And we'll get that information out later in the show for people that tune in later as well. But definitely wanted to highlight, as you said, your mini hats. And I'm, again, glad to have you back in the saddle as a queen of intellect this morning, even if it's only a one-time special appearance, but glad to have you on. Let's go ahead and um, introduce your co-host as well uh, for the Hip Hop School past and present. This brother has been on before, Brother Supreme Ra. Thank you, King, for joining us again. Um, if you will, say hello to our intellectual outcast out there listening. Anything else you want to add before we introduce our first-time guest um, on the show? But go ahead, King. Thank you for being with us. Hey, what's up, uh, Montoya and the Mental Dialogue family, man? It's uh, good to be back on the show. Uh, what's happening, DeAsia? Man, I'm just hey, ready brother. to get it in. Uh, like she said, man, we got the hip-hop school past and present, man. We uh, we still rocking. We just in a, a transitional stage right now, but... uh. I'm ready to talk about these hoes. All right, let's do it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And without further ado, last but not least, uh, I have a special guest. I've been trying to track her down. I finally got her on the show. Uh, a cool, elegant bun, blue bun. I'm sorry. Queen, if you will, say hello <laughs> to the intellectual outcast. I told you I was going to try to get that name right at least one time. You're going right, to be a cool right. for the rest of the show. So I took a shot at it. But with that said, if you will, Say hello to our returning special guest, if you will, and to the intellectual outcast, and give a little bit of your background. And then we'll tell them the, next, the question for this morning. Thanks for being with us, King. For sure. Thank you for having me, and peace to the co-host. I'm looking forward to engaging with you all. Um, my name is Akua Elie Bluebon, and first and foremost, I'm a mother, so that, that's the the highest accomplishment I've ever had. And so I have a 22-year-old son, 14-year-old daughter, 3-year-old son, um, but I'm also a book publisher and a book author, primarily of children books, um, and I've run a few children's workshops and programs as well. And so, yeah, I'm happy to be here and happy to get into this dialogue. As he said, talk about these holes. <laughs> Without question, Again, you are also no surprise a queen of many hats. Um, we are just really gifted and special people, so no surprise that you are doing those things. I definitely want to get the mental dialogue community exposed to some of your children's book because you are here in the Atlanta area for our, our bases here in Atlanta. We are a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through live events as well as this podcast. So definitely want to get you linked up with our locals here in the Atlanta area. But without further ado, let's get this show started the way we always started. DeAsia, you've been in this position before. So this morning's discussion question, if you are a first-time listener, again, I go by the name Black Socrates. So we take the Socratic method on these hard conversations on race, sex, and culture. So we ask a question, and hopefully we ask enough questions and get to the answers, if you will. But the way we like to start the show is basically – I asked my guests what was their first thought when they heard the question worded that particular way. So, DeAsia, you've done this before. If you will, just the first initial thing that came to mind, don't go into the second or third thought because we got to go to break here, our first break. But if you will, Queen, this morning's discussion question, whole culture, dangerous or fake outrage? What was your first initial thought? 
Oh, I'm sorry, DJ. Let me bring you back live. You had a little background noise. I muted you out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead, Queen. You live. Um, you know, my first initial thought was not, nothing more than a, a single word, hypocrisy. Um, that was it. my first initial thought. Nah, I love it. I love it. Cool. We're going to swing it over to you again. Take, like, ladies first, if you will, swing it over to you. Uh, your initial thought when you heard the question worded that particular way. Um, I thought that it's both. That sounds it's good. Both, actually. Okay, sounds good. All right. Brother Supreme Ra, your first initial thought. We're going to go to a break, and we're going to get hot and heavy into this discussion. What was your first initial thought when you heard it worded that particular way? Word it, word it again. Whole culture, dangerous or fake outrage, the initial thought? Um, I, I would say both, and I wouldn't say fake. I would say selective outrage. Yep, I remember Definitely you posting both. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you posting that when I posted it. You, you uh, actually put up selective outrage. So very interested in hearing all of the perspectives on this morning's discussion. We will allow you, the callers, to get in, 646-787-1691 if you're online and want to get in. Uh, but we're obviously going to start with our guests. Let's go to our first break. And just to keep it in mind, I will be paying a cut that I will ask for all of you as guests to react to as well. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Shout out to Kazimbe over at Black Dot Culture Center and Bookstore. Space for caring, the education of the Negro, necessary conversations on race, sex, and culture. That's my new book. If you enjoy conversations like we have here, Every Saturday on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, be sure to pick up my book so you and your family can engage in authentic dialogue. They can learn to navigate the African-American experience. Also, while you're at Black Dot, make sure you grab a cup of Ethiopian coffee and my favorite, the smoked salmon croissant. Visit Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore at 6984 Main Street, Latonia, Georgia, 30058. Tell them it's a dialogue since you. Something came across my phone that was so highly disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's her new entrepreneurial venture. No way. Yes. And I was, I saw when it came out, the day that it came out, I saw it on a friend's page and followed by, he had posted right behind her, right behind that in a carousel post. If you guys are still co-signing this girl, like, I cannot be friends with you because what she's doing for the culture is just trash. But this young lady released a lip gloss line. The lip gloss line. Look and at right her there. lip gloss line has different flavors. For example, coochie juice, booty hole brown, sex on my period, yellow discharge, gonorrhea, and nuts. Oh, no. There's no way that that's cool. There's probably a group of people who want to put gonorrhea on their lips and it came as a result of her doing this podcast interview i believe where she talked about she doesn't use condoms during sex like don't come around her trying to smash with a condom and they asked if she'd ever had stds and she's like yeah plenty of them and she talked about gonorrhea and you know all this stuff and now she's taken that viral moment and created this lip gloss line and again Coochie juice, booty hole brown, sex on my period, gonorrhea, yellow discharge, and nut are the coochie pink are the fragrant or the flavors, so to speak, of this lip gloss. The colors, 
of this lip gloss and as it relates to like business at what point is going too far too far like is this too far or is this really really capitalizing off of a moment what do we think oh my gosh Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Deasia Robinson. This morning's discussion question, whole culture, dangerous or fake outrage? Our special guest is Akul and my brother Supreme Ra um, from Hip Hop School, past and present, as we hear <coughs> Social Proof podcast speaking about if you don't know, that's the artist Sexy Red. She's, if you will, the face, I guess, of of this outrage. Yeah, um, I know you, in a sense, called it hypocritical um, from just from your initial thought of the question itself. Um, but when you hear or heard about Sexy Red, if you will, releasing this again, just being one of the artists that fall in a, a long line of, in a sense, female artists who promote this type of stuff, if you will. Um, but What's your initial thought when they just kind of at the end said, hey, what's going too far? Is, is this going too far? Or, you know, is it just basically another leg of capitalism that's pretty normalized in our, in our culture? I'll, I'll start with you, Queen. We're specifically talking about that clip that we just heard. Is that correct? Well, just, a, just a reaction to it. Yeah, we're going to move into the, you know, the dynamics of the um, show as well. But, yeah, just the dynamics I, of just I, I actually, even hearing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually thought nothing of it when I heard about mm-hmm. the lip gloss line simply because she had a moment where she was having a conversation and she was talking about, yes, yeah, she's previously had STDs. A lot of people have previously had STDs. Um, so she was having a conversation about that. And, you know, she was she was keeping it real. She said she mm-hmm. had STDs before she kept it real. And said, you know, she don't like to use condoms. That's her and her personal life, you know. Um, when people are having those uh, addressing questions and having those type of conversations, they're not stepping up to the mic to, you know, promote anything for anybody else. She's just answering questions that she's being asked for herself. If mm-hmm. somebody want to internalize that, that ain't got nothing to do with her. So in the moment where she was being embarrassed about it, people was trying to clown her about it, she decided, hey, let me ride the wave. Let me make a moment out of it. And she came up with these lip glosses. With, it was crazy, you know, those ridiculous names or whatever. But only thing she was doing was capitalizing off of a moment and, you know, a, a something that people was using to try to embarrass her. She was like, okay, let me make it these names. I don't know if these lip glosses have ever came into fruition or anything like that, but for people to be like, oh, my God, this is just so crazy. I mean, Nelly had pimp juice, you know. So, I mean, what is, uh, to me, it's really, what's the difference? If she if she comes out, I, I remember back in the day there was this per- perfume. Um, there was uh, this perfume or oil we used to use that was called Lick Me All Over. You know, we was in school. We was kids in, you know, in high school, and that was, like, one of our favorite little scents that we used to get or whatever. So it's been plenty of times where things have had um, raunchy names attached to it uh, for marketing. So she 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 did take it up a notch with some of those disgusting names. Mm-hmm. However, I think people are making a bigger deal out of it than what it is. 
Uh, yeah, I, I okay, just don't buy it, and you know I'm not going to go get something that's called gonna <laughs> real green. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just I, I I think she's just talking because I've never you know ain't nobody buying it. You don't see it in the stores. I, I think I think she's just talking and you know just trying to make a moment out of what what was meant to you. embarrass her. No, I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, you know I think it may it may have just something that just came to fruition, so that may be why it's not on the. Um, necessarily on the market yet, but I think it is a real deal from what I understand. Um, but um, cool. Um, your thoughts on the cut again? Just moving into um, this morning's discussion: whole culture, dangers of fake outrage. Your thoughts on hearing that cut from Social Proof as well? So, I mean, I totally agree in terms of somebody answering from their own experience, their perspective. Um, I think that a lot of the accountability is really on us as the consumers, as the people who are putting the people in those spaces, on those platforms, knowing that they have the ability to normalize things like this. Because there's, and honestly, there's not, like, the right amount of balance of positivity, especially for our youth. And I'll say from a mother as well as um, someone who's worked with our youth that, it's just not enough balance to combat these women who are putting uh, women and men who are putting this lifestyle on a pedestal and normalizing it and over sexualizing um, life. Period. It's not even like just how, how can I explain? I mean, it's just it's becoming life. Honestly, a lot of things are centered around being attractive, being desired. Um, for men and women, and that's because a lot of the music that we're listening to and the things that we're watching are centered around sex, around this no. culture that's becoming normalized and it's taking the divinity out of the act that's supposed to be. And I mean, I get I mean, we don't just procreate, of course, but we're getting so far away from what it's intended for that, you know, things like gonorrhea, syphilis, and things of that nature are just like, you know, having the flu. It's like, oh, it's like the, a sexual cold. But it's not supposed to be like that. No, fair enough. And there's, um, you know, many other well, things I'm, that I'm, come I'm from. You, no, I'm, following you, I'm following you. Like I mean, at the end of the day, when I hear both of you, I will mm-hmm. let Supreme jump in here as well. Um, but you know, I do. I hear the Asia's point that, in a sense, it wasn't even her intentions. She just ended up turning a moment into something. And I hear you saying, hey, there's not enough balance in what we're seeing in the culture. And um, I would actually tend to agree with that as well. Um, Supreme, your thoughts on just, again, hearing that cut to kick off this morning's discussion, because it definitely blew up on social media. And she, uh, they announced that this deal um, was going to be, you know, in a sense, put in place coming from Six Sexy Red, who had already um, garnered some attention based on, you know, Pound Town and some of her other songs, if you will. But go ahead, King. Um, man, it, and man we, we're in the age of the Internet and Internet moments. And, uh, you know, the the online Internet fame don't last too long, man. Uh, the sister is very intelligent, and she took advantage of a moment, man. And uh, she's just, you know, she, she's having her time right now. And when you're having your time, you never know when this shit going to end, man. So uh, mm-hmm. attention is money right now. Uh, when you got attention, uh, 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 you're making money. And shit, man, she making money right now. Personally, I don't think that she was serious. I don't think it's going to be no gonorrhea lip gloss. <laughs> you know, uh, I think she was just taking advantage of the moment. But if it is, I don't, I don't wear lip gloss. You know what I'm saying? And I think that um, we tend to 
underestimate how intelligent uh, some of my, especially the youth. We underestimate how intelligent the youth is. I don't think every little girl can be running around getting nut lip gloss. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I think we overreact to a lot of shit, man, because uh, it is a lot more vulgar than, well, I don't say a lot more. It just seems that way right now. We're getting older, so things seem to, it just seems to bother us more. You know what I'm saying? Um mm-hmm. I mean, sexy red time gonna fade. It, it look at Glorilla. She not. It, she was just hot a year ago, and you ain't nobody even talking about her no more. You know what I'm saying? You you got to take advantage of these moments, man. And that's what she's doing right now, man. She got she got the world looking and listening. So, hey, man, save and say. And, and when it comes to the internet, it's about saying what you want to say, and the, and the more provocative it sounds, the more attention you're gonna get, the more money you're gonna generate. So, man, do your thing. I ain't tripping on none of that shit. No, I respect it. So let me throw out this thought. We're going to go to a caller real quick. So um, from my perspective, see what y'all, any, any of you can jump in on this. Um, kind of like, for example, the agent you highlighted that um, lick all over me scent or whatever that was pretty popular. Um, I mean, you know, as a man, obviously I didn't know anything about that or whatever. Um, but you even smelled it before. I probably have, probably have, and probably probably licked over some, licked all yeah, over somebody. Yeah, I mean, it was, a big, it, it was a lick me all over was a huge scent. So I you believe, smell believe, you probably believe, just didn't know the name of it. Yeah. I don't want to go too far with it, but I like it. I like the example. Like the example, like I said, I probably licked over somebody because of it, right? But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but what I wanted to kind of just highlight, and I'm not saying I have this right because I definitely hear what Supreme is saying that we're, we're probably taking a, to a degree an internet hot moment that. And to his point, the youth are just capitalizing based on the reality of today. And, 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 and because of my age, if you will, we assume it to be bigger than it really is, and it's just them possibly monetizing. Here's, here's my thought. There's a, I feel like in the past, something like this type of lip gloss would have absolutely shown up in a novelty store, if you will. The difference in 2023 is it being announced publicly in this way so i felt like in the past there was kind of like humans are all things i always like that pointed out we're all things we're, we're good we're bad you know, the, you know the, i'm sorry i got some background all right hold on all right y'all sorry about that um but um i'm just kind of highlighting that i feel like in the past that may have ended up in the novelty store but it wouldn't have been announced out loud but i am also honest and realize that in the social media age, that opportunity to announce it publicly existed, whereas in the past, maybe that didn't exist or companies wouldn't try to put it in the mainstream, if you will. Anybody want to give me one thought before we go to a caller on that? Just, you know, just again, just get another opinion about that. Supreme, I'll throw that to you. Any thoughts on what I'm saying there, just in the sense that it wouldn't have been in the forefront? I agree with you, one percent. Yeah, so definitely think that's a, a big difference um, today, and probably why we're having some issues with it. Let me go to a caller here. Area code nine one two, last three nine one three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Peace, family. This is Brian, man. How you doing, pal? All right, brother. I thought that was you, uh, but I got it wrong in the past. So I ain't want to jump out there. <laughs> Jump out there, Michelle. What you got for us so far, King? And again, you know, we can definitely get you in and out on the show. You've been here, been on the show plenty of times. But give us your thoughts so far, King. 
Man, it's a real interesting topic, man. I'm glad you picked it. Um, I think one question that comes to mind for me is, and I don't know necessarily have the answer to this question, but should we feel some type of responsibility at all as artists for the type of impact that we might have on not even just children, but, you know, the public in general? I don't know the answer to that, but I think I would probably feel some way, some type of responsibility, and maybe because I'm as old as I am at this point, because when I was her age or, you know, young rapper's age, I I probably wouldn't. But um, at the same time, it just is reminiscent of uh, Robert Townsend's Hollywood Shuffle. You know, a lot of this stuff just sounds so, so, uh, highly, so coolish, so clownish to me, man, that, um, you know, the the titles of the songs and the names of the lipstick, it's like it's just so slapstick that it's, I don't even know how to make sense of it. But uh, I do agree with Supreme Rob when he said, you know, it is selective outrage because, you know, if you're going to be mad about what she's saying, the type of stuff that she's promoting, then we should have been mad 30, 40 years ago when Too Short came out, you know, saying the things that he was saying. So uh, there's a lot of meat on his bone, man, but I'm, I'm going to mute right there. I just want to drop that in there. And, uh, no, I got it. I got it. Yeah. No, sounds good. Come off the one and come back on if you decide to jump back in as well. But I'll say this to you, and I've always kind of said this. Um, I have a, a, a YouTube, a Mr. Dollar YouTube page, and I have this cut where I say, in a sense, hip-hop needs to grow up, and it's about a lot of things, not just what we're talking about today or whatever. So I just want to kind of give that preference to, in a sense, my perspective on me as a hip-hop head growing up in hip-hop, but I've always highlighted this, when you, that question that you asked, Vaughn, about the, the artist's responsibility. I've always said that's not a fair responsibility because you have to remember where your mindset is when you were that age and you kind of highlighted it yourself but at the same you know at the same time I am not putting it on the at the foot of an 18 year old or you know some now people come into hip hop a little later 22 23 so technically they're an adult or whatever but if I just go back to what my focus was I actually attempted to be in the music industry not as an artist but from a business side and uh, we're you know country boys out of the south or whatever but we talked a lot about trying to catch women because that's what I was focused on at the time we didn't you know like my artists we wasn't you know, in a sense we didn't come from the streets and we didn't want to represent something that we wasn't, but the stuff that, um, you know, I would rap around, if I were, you know, something we were trying to rap about as a grown man would be very different than at a young age when all that's on your mind at 18 is catching catching women. And so a lot of our conversations was about that. Um, and so I don't put it at the foot of artists. Um, Deasia, both, um, I know you were, you were an artist, your thoughts on, that question from Vaughn just saying, should there be some responsibility from, to, from the artist standpoint? He was just asking. He didn't say that. Like I said, he didn't have an answer. He was just asking. Your thoughts, Queen? I look at it like this. Nine times out of ten, the artists that are out rapping, they're in their 20 years. They're in their 20s. They're kids. Um, hip-hop is rebellious. Um, and it's a youth sport. So a lot of these conversations that are being had are being had by people who have been that age, who have grown up, and they've been able to see it from a different perspective. Because when we were their age, when we were their age, we were doing the same things. We were entertaining the same things. We've gotten older now, so now we're able to. Our palate has changed, and we're like, oh, 
that's a little bit too much. But if you were to talk to someone, the younger people, about and have that same conversation, they into it and they like it. But guess what? They're going to grow up the same way we did. And then they're going to be like, ugh, that's too much. So I think that it's, it's not fair to put the responsibility on these children because these are kids, even though they might be, you know, 22, 23, 24, something like that, their brains are not even fully developed yet. And we want them to lead the way. And we also got to keep in mind that being an artist in this is an expression of yourself. You really, you really cannot control people's art. Nobody goes into an art gallery that, and look at a canvas that has been painted on and tell the painter what he ought to do with his paintbrush. A rapper comes in the game with their particular talent, the way they know how to put words together, and they rap from their perspective. Who are we to tell a person what their art should be? Now, if we want to be mad at anything being put in the mainstream, then we have to look towards maybe the consumer Mm -hmm. and what we consume because what's being pushed is is what's being bought. So... I feel like if anybody want to be mad at anybody or feel like anybody has some responsibility on what's being put out there, it needs to be the consumer because nothing is going to get pushed if it's not being bought. So somebody is enjoying it. And then we have to ask that question why. So I'm I'm not putting that responsibility on the art. Nah, fair enough. We're up against another break. If you want to get in on this morning's discussion, 646 Seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one if you want to speak live on the air. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. What happens when your customers call your business and you're too busy to answer or call them back in a timely manner? You lose that business. Shockingly, 61% of inbound calls go unanswered. But fear not, tchmedia.ai is here to change the game. We specialize in capturing, nurturing, and converting your prospects into loyal customers. With our state-of-the-art communication solutions, no interaction will be left behind. When you miss a call, we've got you covered with automatic, engaging texts that keep your prospects connected and eager to choose you over your competitors. Don't let potential customers slip away. Make the smart choice with tchmedia.ai and skyrocket your conversions today. So I have a lot to say about this subject, and I'm struggling trying to smush it into this small um, segment. But anyways, um, music has been weaponized against our people in particular for decades, right? So the first attack was on our men to entrap them in this idea of youthism where all their aspirations are those of like a very young man who's not been exposed to responsibility, been exposed um, to manhood, adulthood, right? He just wants to run the streets. He wants to blow his money. He wants lots of women. But, you know, and this is what it's turned into. It wasn't that way initially, but, again, it's now been weaponized. And now it's been weaponized against our women so that people will eventually look at our women and, and see that, they feel like, you know, they have no value, um, they have no structure, they're not fit mothers, they're not fit for marriage, like they're just these hoes, they're just these, you know, women who overindulge in their sexual expression and disregard men and play men and think about how this impacts our community, it impacts our youth that then get entrapped in this idea of, again, youthism forever, 
right? You have to be very strong. You have to have people around you to pull you out of that and say, hey, that's not what life is about, which, of course, is our job. But I need you to do that while it's happening so you can prevent it from happening in the first place. Like, hey, that's music. You know, it has a catchy beat, but that's not who you are. That's not who. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Deasia Robinson. This morning's discussion question, whole culture, dangerous or fake outrage? Our special guest is Akua, Akua and Supreme Rock. Akua, I love surprising my guests with their own words, so we'll definitely start with your mm-hmm. reaction um, to what you had to say, and, and it was directly um, in regards to this morning's discussion. So go ahead, Queen. Yeah, and I just I wanted to say a little bit about the last question. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, if someone raised a very good point in saying that we used to listen, I'm 45, so we used to listen to like NWA, for example, for me was like some off grid naughty music I had to sneak and listen to and could not let my parents know. You know what I mean? And I heard some risque stuff about fellatio and things of that nature, and because it was something I had to do in private, I had a certain boundary and a certain knowledge base that that was not okay. This was not something that would – it's something I should attach myself to publicly. You know, I could enjoy it, especially because, you know, again, it was something I was supposed to be listening to, so it made me feel like I was a little extra mature. But the fact that I had to sneak and do it kind of kept things in perspective for me. And the difference now is this music is now like what is literally being performed at award ceremonies on a global level opposed to being some underground music that was like, okay, I know I'm not supposed to listen to this because the things that it's talking about are derogatory. Now derogatory is making its way into animations and cartoons for little children. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Like my three-year-old son, I have to literally watch everything before I put anything on the iPad. I, I just, I can't even turn on Disney and just let Disney play, because it makes no sense in a, in a cartoon like Madagascar that there's animals that have butt cheeks. Like animals don't have butt cheeks. What the hell do animal got a, a butt crack for? You know what I'm saying? And just little in your windows that aren't appropriate for children and, again, are being normalized and become a focus point because we're talking about pleasure. So the difference is in something you have to go seek out that you know is not something you're supposed to be focused on because we've got real-world problems that we're not paying attention to. And as a people, we have a bad habit of not taking life serious. And we know some of this has been programming, but we're allowing it to happen. This is a part of the programming. Is why we over here focused on whole culture, you got other people developing things that are going to help put their, their nationhood forward. But we're not worried about that. We're worried about Saturday night. We're not worried about in 10 years from now. We're not worried about our children's grandchildren having some place to go and having some stability because we're worried about getting our clock clean. We're worried about keeping up with somebody else, saying, I'm just as attractive as these young ladies. Look, I'm I'm nastier because I'm older. I've been around longer. Wait till you see me do this. Don't none of that have to do with becoming an elder, with leading your can family, I, can I say with so? living whatever your life purpose is supposed to be. No, absolutely. Go ahead, Supreme. I mean, I think it's always. It's, I think it's been like that for a long time. I don't think it's it's at a, an alarming rate right now. I think the internet magnifies the situation more than what it is. 
there's 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 so, still children there's still children that go to school get good grades go to college become uh, whatever they want to be and it's still a segment of children that are uh, misled and do bullshit. It's been like that for a long time. Um, I think that um, I don't think it's as bad as we think it is. It's just in our face more. And I think that we have to give so, credit to some parents and some children that uh, make the right decisions. Let me ask you this, Supreme, I'm going to let Akul go back, and I'm going to go to Asia as well. So let me ask you this. Um, I think it's, you know, I know you have children. I don't have children, so I'm going to make that disclaimer out there. So I, obviously you have to deal with this more than I do. But I think it's much more difficult, in my opinion, to Akul's point of where we're seeing some of these aspects pushed because we, you know, we, we have to own, you know, we will own the fact as the hip hop generation. We were the ones moving, you know, too short from underground to the front of the awards ceremony. We are the generation that did that because to her point, I remember, you know, if you will, listening to too short, you know, not out loud for my parents, if you will, but five, six years later, you know, two shorts winning awards at the front of the award ceremony or whatever. So we did that. So I do own that part. So I love that she said that. I'm just kind of asking very briefly, um, you are right that people are still doing that. But I, I even find the people that are doing what you just suggested, if you consider that successful, children going out to do their own thing, I feel like even those parents say it's much more difficult in this era. So a quick thought on that, and I'm going to go to DeAsia. And I'm sorry, I'll let Akua respond, and then I'm going to go to DeAsia. Go ahead, Supreme, um, um, just a quick thought on that. So uh, I just, I want to say. Real quick, real quick, real quick, I'm just letting him respond real quick, then you're going to go. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. All right. it's, it's, man, we have way more control than we had before on what we can allow our younger children to listen to or watch. We have control, man. It's just, um, you know, if you want, if you're a parent, three daughters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to believe in the program that you put down for your children. You know what I'm saying? You have to believe that it works, and you have to also understand that they're going to make mistakes. Uh, they're going to be tempted to do bullshit, but you have to put that program down, and you got to stick with it, and you have to be disciplined with it, and you have to um, constantly plant those seeds that you want to see sprout. You know what I'm saying? Um, man, they're going to listen to it. They're going to they're gonna do some bullshit just like with any other child. Just like when we came up, we did bullshit. But I think we just have to be uh, vigilant in what we do and how we said and, uh, you know, and go from there, man. No, sounds good. Cool. Go ahead, Queen. Your response, and I'm going to go to DeAsia. Yeah, so I happen to be, like, extra passionate about this subject because to what I'm going through right now with my 14-year-old daughter so she's been raised like a little Pan-African movement baby from Oakland to um, now Atlanta, and she's had to deal with some colorism. You know, she's a, a lighter sister, and so she's kind of had some struggle with fitting in as is, right? As, as, as Pan-African as she is, it's very hurtful for her to hear, you know, some of these details are like she's not even black and da 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 so she, she went through that. She's in a solid place in, in terms of um, filling her skin now, right? However, because I've sheltered her but also provided her some information so she could have some discernment against decisions like this, she's now exposed to more sexual content, the music that's popularized right now. And I didn't realize how bad it was until recent 
when she's like, she can't really relate to the girls at school unless she listens to some of this music, unless she knows some of the words, unless she's, you know what I mean, just kind of hip to this, this type of lifestyle and has to act like she's into it or she's completely out the loop and you know, she's 14. So that social group is everything to her right now. Let me throw this out. Can you, let me tell it's okay, can you tell it's okay to be out the loop? It doesn't feel that way when you're 14, especially when they, they got, you know, um, self-esteem issues that can raise to be so let me, serious let me throw this out. in their life. Yeah, that's a, that's, those are good questions. Let me throw this out and go to the Asia. So, and then again, it's just a, we're just having an honest dialogue. Um, that, that that age group is when your peer social peer group is always the most influential, and it plays a role. So you could give a foundation to the degree to the degree that Supreme is talking about. But I also will throw out as I'm listening to you say this live because I definitely respect your passion. This is your daughter. I think to Supreme's point, and I'm not really just trying to be on the side here, I'm just dialoguing it all the way out, but to Supreme's point, that's always been the case for that age and that peer group becoming influential in who you are. So you've always had that balance that out against what your values are at home versus the peer group who now starts having influence. So I think to Supreme's point, I don't know, and I didn't think, I didn't, feel, I didn't know I was going to think this way, but as I'm hearing him, I don't know that that's any different than it's ever been. I think that's kind of his point. Let me go to DeAsia real quick, and we'll get back to you, Akul. Go ahead, DeAsia. Um, I, I think as it relates to uh, younger kids going through that growth, uh, growth spurt and, and finding themselves and dealing with different type of people, um, that's normal. That's going to happen. Um, that's the reason why uh, you have your foundation. And you raise them a certain type of way because you can't shield them from the real world. It's the real world out here, and it's not nice. You know, um, you can only control yourself. You can only do what you need to do, uh, feel like you need to do as a parent, and hope that what you have is built in them works because they got to get out there and apply what they've been telling them. Um, so the thing is, is uh, that's normal. Um, we all went through that stage. We cannot protect kids from the real world, um, they're going to go through their phases. How it looks might be a little bit different for each each individual um, kid because we are in different places. Like when I was coming up, I was 14 years old walking outside and people was dead outside of my school. Um, I was stepping over dead bodies. I was 14 years old and right down the street from my house, it was a whole stroll. You know, I saw real hoes, you know what I'm saying? I ain't have to hear about and listen to nothing on TV, you know, uh, or or listen to it through music. I saw it with my own eyes. Um, people doing drugs outside of the school and all of that, gangs, and, you know, you don't know if it's going to be a shootout after school versus if it's going to be a fight or not. So I came up through that, you know. So um, to me hearing... Oh, she being shielded from sex, music, and sex. Um, I mean, sex and music. I mean, you gonna hear that stuff, and it's gonna happen. And what you have to do is, I was raised a certain type of way. Did I fall victim to some of the stuff? Of course, every kid is going to. You can't. You cannot prevent that. Um, 
we are all impressionable in some sense. Yeah, you're going to fall victim to something, but it's going to be that what your parents instilled in you, it's going to be in the back of your mind. Like, you ain't going to go too far because you have you have a, a, a foundation and something to to kind of guide you through that. But you're going to make those mistakes. But it's like Supreme said, as long as you're putting that program down and you're constantly, sure. you know, Did, doing what needs to be taken to, right to raise your kid. All right, go uh-huh. ahead, Supreme. Yeah, go ahead, Spring. Let me step in right quick. I want to I want to I want to say something to the sister. I want to say something to the sister. Um, uh, all three of my daughters was raised Pan African. Uh, they all graduated from the Uhuru Academy, and you and what you're doing is is a good noble thing. And she's gonna be straight. She's gonna be all right. Trust. That's some powerful upbringing. That's a powerful program, and uh, she's gonna bump her head. She's gonna be tempted. She's gonna try to figure it out. But that that uh, that Pan Africanism that you putting down, that uh, African centered uh, worldview that you putting down, she's gonna be straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. We yeah. Up the break. yeah, we up against the break, y'all. So uh, we also got a caller that wants to get in as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think. Hey, are you a wine drinker? Eh, a little bit here and there, but but my wife definitely loves her. Why you ask? Man, you gotta try this vegan wine by Sip and Share Wine. I ran across them at this event in Atlanta, and now I keep me a few bottles at the house. What, what flavor you like? Um, I mean, I like me a good red or, or maybe a nice dipping deal or something. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Try the sweet red first. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's nice and smooth right there. Yeah, that's kind of sweet like I like it. You know what I'm talking about? For sure. That's why I like that one as well. Hey, hey now try this Conjure dipping deal. This one was featured in Forbes magazine as a top 10 drink for the summer. See what you think. Oh, okay. Now, that's fire right there. Where can I get a bottle of that? Just go to SipAndShareWines.com. They'll ship it right to your door. They black on, too. Oh, yeah? Okay, you said what? SipAndShareWines.com? Is that it? Yep. Not much scares us, but this got us shook. I told him. I want you all at my home. 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. We show up at our door about like 6.52. Because we want to be on time. We want to be prompt. You understand me? Because we realize what we're in the presence of. 7 a.m. My doorbell rang. I remember waking up very early one morning and seeing about 15 SUVs. And I knew what they were there for. My son thought I had lost my mind. She opened the door. I remember she had like a big old walkway. We stepped down, walked into the living room area, and then she just had to sit down, gave us some drinks. I ordered some donuts and coffee and tea, and we sat and we talked for quite a while. She took control of the room. Like, you at Grandma's house with the plastic on the couch, and you you trying to be on your, you see candy on the table. You don't even want to take me. You don't even want to ask Granny do you want some. Then... I made a point, a very important one. She said, I wanted to, to meet you. And then she said, and I want you to call me a bitch. Uh, what? She said, go ahead, call me a bitch. She came in and started saying all of that, like using our lyrics against us. It was like, Miss Warwick, Miss Warwick, Miss Warwick, Miss Warwick, you know, I got respect for you, Miss She said, so if you have respect for me, why, what gives you the right, and she looked at everybody, to call women bitch. So why are you calling them what you're calling them? It's like she was talking to me directly, like checking me, 
at a time when we thought we couldn't be checked. You need to change, you know, your lyrics and because you're going to be a father one day. One day you're going to be married or you're going to have a child. You're going to be a little girl. You're going to want that little girl to come to you and say, Daddy, is that you? She just give me all this stuff, and I'm like, I ain't even got no kids. I'm like, man, what is she talking about? But I'm hearing what she's saying, and I'm respecting what she's saying, because we recognize and we realize who she is as far as, like, this is a powerful figure in the music industry. And I'm like, man, why is Dionne Warwick talking to me? So if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't be here. This is like when your auntie that got all the wisdom and the money and the power come by grandma's house and be like, bring Snoopy back here. I need to talk to him for a minute. He's like, what do I do, Auntie? Shut up and just listen. Here's what you're going to do. You go A, B, and C if you want to get to X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to leave it at that. Somebody's got to give them the guidance. And somebody that they trust and that they feel they might be able to learn a little bit something from. I was raised by strong black women, so to have her stick me again like, you know you was raised this way. Don't have me call your mama or your grandmama on you. Oh, dear. All right. Okay, I'm going to straighten up. Welcome back to the Venture Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Deja Robinson. This morning's discussion question, whole culture dangerous or fake outrage? Special guest, cool and Supreme Rock, as we hear a long cut Snoop and Dionne Ward kind of, in a sense, checking Snoop back in the day. Uh, something I want to mention just real briefly um, into the, in, from the last segment. Uh, I've always felt that growing up in hip-hop, being of this hip-hop generation, one thing that we did seem to have that I think is lacking a little more when it comes to the music per se is we did have, in a sense, mainstream-wise, the music balanced out in the sense of you could be ratchet, since that's the word of the day, plus you would have levels of consciousness. And I think to a degree, you just don't see both in the mainstream. So I will highlight that. I think that makes it a little more difficult. But I also wanted to highlight this one thing from the cut. I'm actually going to shoot right back to Supreme real quick to respond to this. But as you hear Snoop break down how Dion checked, Dion checked him, it goes to a couple things here. So when we're asking about whole culture, dangerous or fake outrage, I think, I think part of the selective outrage that Supreme is always alluding to is, and we already kind of mentioned it, is we didn't trip on too short per se, and now we're tripping on this young female artist who's you know, at an age living out her life, living out her dreams as best as possible for this hot, quick minute as it typically ends up being in hip-hop. But in her making decisions to, to in a sense, help help her. Now, people are more outraged, often because it's a young lady. Whereas historically, we didn't do this to the male artists. So I think that's one thing that can be pointed out in that cut. And then the last aspect of it, just to throw this out, is Snoop came out with Dogfather after getting checked by Dion Dion Warwick. It didn't do as well, and he ended up, in my opinion, reverted back to the exact same Snoop that she tried to check. So I'm pointing out a couple things there. Wanted to hear your thoughts on that real quick, Supreme, um, before I go to the ladies. I mean, what she what she did was noble. You know what I'm saying? Um, she wasn't right. I mean, she wasn't wrong in her attempt to um, put the mirror up in his face. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, like, man, like Deja was saying, man, 
Well, you got to let an artist, you know, express themselves how they feel like they want to express themselves, man. Um, uh, and unfortunately, you know, uh, some parts of hip-hop is a reflection of society, man. And, uh, you know, do I like, do I think that the, the amount of sexual content and violent content is good for us as a race overall? Of course not. But it is what it is, and this is where we at with it. And uh, uh, sure there's some type of major shift in society. This is what we got to deal with. And if we got to deal with it, we have to we have to put that program in our children. Let, uh, teach them what we feel, what we feel is what's right and what's right and what's wrong, and uh, let them figure out how to navigate throughout the world and, and use the, the program that we put down. And I think uh, I think we'll be okay. You know, some gonna fall to the wayside, and some won't. Man, that's just that's how society works. It's how it's always worked. I respect. Oh, cool. Your thoughts? And we're gonna go to some callers. All right. And first, I want to say thank you to to the other co-hosts. Um, that mentioned my daughter and what I'm going through with her. I appreciate that a lot. Um, and she will be okay. She will. Um, I'm listening to y'all. I need it sometimes. If the girl come home, you have me worried because she's exposed mm-hmm. to at school. Oh, you're supposed to be but, worried, um, man. You're a parent. You're going to be worried. Yeah. yeah for sure. So. That's true. That's true. Um, so this is why it's more dangerous now is, you know, the protectors of the community was attached first. And then now we're down to the matriarchs, the ones that teach the nation. And when you get to them and you infiltrate their minds and they're literally preparing the next generation, it gets really dangerous territory. So that's why I feel like it's a, a orange level threat. I respect. Because now we're talking about somebody's mama, you know what I mean? Somebody's wife. They may never want to be a wife now, you know, may just want to, you know, get these dudes for their money or run through them and just, you know, take several years to really figure out who they they want to be. Not to say every woman wants to be a wife or needs to be, but get a realistic view of and, and a tangible idea of what you're doing as you're creating a reputation. When I used to speak to um, a lot of young women, I had to remind them that these actions eventually become your reputation, and then that introduces you before you do. So you can create a scenario where you have to, you know, go against these ideas that people have of you, not just because, like, regular, you know, um, you know, people assuming things, you know, don't judge a book by a cover, but because of these actions make it seem like this is what you're about, and you're like, well, what else do they have to go by? So just, you know, but they want to be revered as this woman, like most of the, the young women, they want to be like a wifey type, or, you know, through high school and college sweetheart type of situation, but not realizing what they look like by acting like a sexy red. You know what I mean? Like not really seeing this image that they're putting out. It's not even really them. It's fun. You know what I mean? It's catchy. It gets you attention. You know, boys want that from girls at this age. Like we're all green. It's natural. Um, but something has to scale it back. Something has to check it. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I would say about that. Yeah, I, w- I would say, you know, and I don't think anybody on here would disagree with this. Um, as a culture, we would be, dis- in my opinion, dishonest to not say that that's growing even more so than even in our own experience. Or maybe I'm wrong from the standpoint of, I think Supreme said this, 
you get older and you just think this way. Um, but I definitely remember being, in a sense, over-influenced by the music, uh, which, again, every young generation goes through it. Um, but there was some balance. I do think there's a lack of balance for the younger people now. Area code 402-LAST-3199. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Uh, yeah, my name is Stuart. I'm calling from Nebraska. Can I be heard okay? Uh, you coming through loud and clear, brother. What you got for us, King? Oh, okay. Um, uh, about the last, you know, ten minutes, y'all really uh, um, dug into what the nature of this uh, topic is all about. And, and that's the influence that it has on children, and not only children, adults also, but how that influence is uh, uh, bad on those who want to, who don't want to contribute to the to what the larger peer group is doing. You know, because you see a lot of people, especially like the lady was talking about her daughter, a lot of people don't like the idea of uh, separating themselves from the group. Many people want to be accepted. And that's how, you know, the marketing of this culture is very detrimental, especially to us as black people, considering, you know, that uh, historically, you know, uh, know, the commodity for a black woman to get freedom was based upon how many kids she could have for massa. You know, and it's kind of sad that, you know, up until this day, 2023, you know, that same mindset still persists, you know. So, you know, yeah, you know, it, it can be about, you know, you do these things when you're younger and you get older and then you want to be critical of it. But, you know, uh, that says a lot as to uh, what maybe the older generation didn't do and is mm-hmm. not teaching to his children, you know, as far as, you know, his, his, historically. So that way, you know, you know, if you if you're a sister or a brother, you know, who's trying to raise their kids right, you know, and to be uh, black focused in a sense, you know, uh, they won't be overly influenced by the masses of uh, people who didn't educate their children in that fashion. So, you know, uh, as far as the topic is concerned, you know, that's that's what really needs to be discussed is you know the preponderance of the marketing. And also, who's benefiting from that? Uh, the marketing and the over-sexualization of both black men and women. That's all I had to say. If I said it right. No, absolutely. Um, we came through loud and clear. Thank you for your three cents. And um, yeah, I would agree with, in a sense, most of what you had to say. Um, again, that preponderance is kind of what I, in a sense, take issue with. And really, the dialogue, to your point, needs to be, um, in a sense you know, what individual parents can do or can, can do to negate that preponderance because I don't think there's a denial of that preponderance, um, if you will. So, great. thank you for your three cents this morning. We've got about a minute before break, so, Vaughn, I don't want to cut you off. Um, DeAsia, um, kind of, you had some background noise. I was cutting you out. I'm going to let you give us a quick thought before we go into the break about anything you heard. Just make it short. we got about a minute before the top of the hour. Um, yeah, I, as I as I sit and listen, um, it makes me think about something, uh, and it's a, it's it's on the subject, but it's it's a little off the subject. Do you want to save it? You want to save it after the break? Is it long? Is no, it safe for oh, a couple? No, you wanna, it's you not long. Anyway? Okay, I just wanted to make sure it was something you wanted to demonstrate. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead to the break. I would have been done with it by now, but go ahead to the break. Okay, okay. Well, no, nah, uh, in case you were something that was going to be developed, I wanted to give you plenty of time it's, to do that. It's That's fine. 
Okay, no problem. It's fine. We'll go to the break. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll jump to the break and be right back. Brother Vaughn, I see you want to get back in. We'll get you back in after the break as well. And so if you haven't already figured out, we're not a politically correct show. And so we're going to play some old school hip-hop since we think today's hip-hop is so dangerous. Uh, This is what I grew up listening to and loving myself, I will admit. So I I am that hypocrite that... um, (laughs) that Supreme talked about it at the beginning of the show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. Dr. Gerald Hassel and Omar Buckner, founders of Self Mastery Retreats International, is proud to present a transformative experience specifically designed by black men for black men. This immersive retreat offers a unique opportunity for black men to forge deep bonds, enhance their personal growth, and empower themselves to create positive change in their lives, families, and communities. For five days in the sacred surroundings of Puerto Morales, Mexico, a select group of powerful black men will embark on a journey of self-discovery, creating a safe and supportive space to share their experience and build a strong sense of community. This trip will truly transform your life and takes place February the 15th through 19th, 2024. If interested, text SELFMASTERY to 678-548-2456. Again, that is SELFMASTERY to 678 678- Four five eight two four five six to receive a direct link for the retreat. What are your thoughts when you see like the city girls bringing like over sexualism in it, like basically what they call pussy power? Well, it's a it's a false it's a false idea of quote unquote pussy power because what they're actually doing is promoting women to continue to go out there and have sex. That is not the power of Pussy. The power of pussy is limiting access to it. And sexual freedom and sexual power for the woman is being able to realize that you have the power to reject and deny. Not to just go willy-nilly, oh, I did this, I got wet-ass pussy, this, that, and the other one. So it's just another alternative to push people on the lower echelons to keep having sex to produce slaves. That's really what the ultimate objective is. So, you know, I'm not for the city girls or the, the WAP. I'm not for all of that because it's a, it's a destruction of the, of the female herself. It sounds good for quote-unquote feminism, but it's really a detriment to the woman. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, DeAndre Robinson. This morning's discussion question, whole culture, dangerous or fake outrage? Special guest, Akua and Supreme Ra on as well. I'm going to go right back to DeAndre. Uh, she was making a point, and we'll get into the cuts, and we also have a call out as well. 
All right, DeAsia, go ahead. Sorry about that. Thing. Oh, no problem. I just didn't want it to time for the break. Um, that clip right there is is part of what I was about to what I was going to. Um, I find it very interesting that for whatever reason, black people have a sense a a, a, um, a tendency to find themselves to be a victim to any and everything. Um, that's just like with the and and then it's always these slave references that comes up and how. You know, this has something to do with slavery and everything. I think we're just traumatized and everybody needs to have therapy because in the real life things happen. That's just like that clip you just played with um, Lil' Kim and Biggie. That was some of the most raunchy lyrics that you could have heard, especially in that time, right? And it's like the thing is whole culture has always been going on. The thing is, is it was the pimps with the mic. And now the hoes get the mic and everybody got a problem with it. And that's the that's the part that don't get that I don't get. Like people act like it's so bad when back in the day we was dancing to freak hoes and tip drill and it was so much raunchy music out there that it absolutely made no sense. Not only did you have the men doing it, then you had women that was doing it as well. Most of the music back then was way more raunchy to me than what it is now. It's just all of a sudden people are so freaked out about whole culture when it has always been part of our society and always been part of what's in hip hop. Um, once once you get past like what the eighties, like eighty eighty four, eighty five, once you get past that. It ain't been nothing but whole culture. So I don't even understand the outrage. I really don't. That's the reason why I do feel like it is selective outrage because it's always been there. It's not a whole got the mic and people got a problem with it. So, yep, makes sense. Let me ask one quick question to you, DeAsia, uh, and then I'm, I'm going to go to Vaughn. My question is, is it possible that being raised in it, as you just said, everything you said is spot on, is it possible that, we can say we got it wrong, and now we're the problem is to say, hi, let's correct what we got wrong. Because growing, is it possible that, or is it not fair that we can say that now that we've had the experience, don't follow into our footsteps? It's kind of how I see some of the outrage. I'm not saying I have it right, but what do you think of that thought? I, I would, I could, I could kind of expound on that if the conversation wasn't all in theory, because nobody can tell me what is it actually doing. People are t- basically the conversation is based on how people feel about it mm-hmm. and uh, assumptions people have of it. But until someone can actually tell what is actually happening in the real world with these the, the rappers rapping about sex, because sex is something that naturally happens. So sex is going to happen whether you hear it on the uh, on the radio or not. People going to have sex. That's that's a natural thing. Um, so what is happening in the real world after these people listen to the music? Now, we could say something like drill music. We can see that drill music and people listening to drill music riding around killing each other. We could see how that is actually dangerous because it's actually something happening as a result of this music. As far as this whole culture and people rapping about sex, Somebody got to tell me what is actually happening, something that is not what they think, assume is going to happen, but something that is actually happening as a result of listening to that music. I want want to have, I want that answer. 
I got you. And nobody um, can give me an answer. For all right, that. I got another. Don't say nobody because I I didn't wrote about it in, in my book, Reeducation of the Negro, and I I have to give my personal re- relative experience. But uh, so my personal relative experience is we it absolutely has had had me downgrade how I looked and treated women because some of it I was chasing how to act from the music. I talked about it specifically, you know, being a young man, having this young lady that I, you know, that I, that I really liked and, you know, had a whole different perspective. And I was quote unquote, nice guy. And she, she let me go. And I was like, out went the deal and in came too short and ice cube for me, a bitch is a bitch. Like, and I, I literally rolled that out and it became a perspective that affected my, my, my love for my own. Again, I'm giving my one experience. But you're my, having a different conversation. You're talking about the men rapping about it. This conversation is about the women rapping about it. So what is, yeah, because you're being, the men are, of course you're listening to them. So you're being in, in, because those they are boys, so you're listening to the boys, so you're impressionable because of you're listening to them. But I'm talking about the whole culture, and when we're saying whole culture, we're talking about the female mm-hmm. rappers and what they're putting out there. What is that actually doing? So do you think it's unfair to assume that impression can't happen to the young ladies? I'm just do you think it's I'm just throwing out the no, I, I'm, 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 I'm not saying that it I, I'm not saying that it can't happen. Asking, I need an example asking. of I I don't want to I don't want the convers I don't want I I don't I don't like that the conversations go on as length and we uh, so many people talk about this but nobody is actually saying what is happening people are assuming things. Okay, no, fair enough. I, I you know because when you take when you take those that. when you take those young girls because I've been around. Matter of fact, my my friend her daughter loves sexy red right. But that girl, she's not even a she. She doesn't even have sex. She's a virgin, and she's um she's in high school right now where they get something like a college credit and stuff like that. But she when she get in the car, she's turning on sexy red. So it's just like I, I think people are sometimes I think probably kind of like think it's too far of it or make it seem that's like right, these right. kids don't have cool. sense enough to cool. listen to music and not internalize it. Go ahead, Akua. I think you had an example. I'm going to so, um, one, your your snippet was everything that go off. I love that. Um, I definitely agree with um, what I heard you discuss in that clip. But what I wanted to say in terms of um, some of the after effects of that music is just, for example, I've seen a lot of girls, like, they're missing their childhood. They don't want to associate with childlike things because they're trying to act overly mature to relate with the music. So for one example, um, I took my daughter and son to the pool, and, you know, I'm thinking, you know, my daughter is, I didn't, I never, she's not wild at all, but I'm thinking her interests are kind of just way off, right? So we get to the pool, you know, she's very shy about taking her stuff off, she wants to eat into the pool. I look up and I see these girls, like, dressed like they're going to the club, kind of using the pool as an excuse to wear this bikini top and, you know, really short shorts, you know, uh, what do you call it, folded over and whatnot. And then they're making these TikToks. They're bending over in front of each other. The other one's banging the other one from the back. And my mouth dropped. I'm thinking, like, do they not see me here as an adult? I'm like, they like they, they really don't care. My daughter said, I said, well, these high schoolers, she said, Mom, they go to my school. One of them is a grade under me. Another is in my class. And the crazy thing is I see the boys just looking over at them. And then they're in the pool playing like kids do. 
And I was like, hold on. The girls are doing all this to get the boys' attention. The boys legit want to go swimming. They just want to go swimming like kids do, like a 13-, 14-year-old boy would want to do. And then other times after that, I'm going to the pool and I'm seeing when it's all boys, they're just in there playing, in there having fun. When it's girls yeah, in there, I mean, but posting, posturing, wanting finish, to look sexy. Let her finish. You know what I'm saying? So what they're losing, because the thing is, when you're not able to have a childhood, what do you try to do later when you're adult years? Have that childhood you never had, which is now stunting your growth and what you could have been focused on because you now have to go back and get that innocence back. We're talking about chakra energy as well. So there's damage being done because they're not being the kids they're supposed to be while they're supposed to be kids. They're trying to be a grown woman, even if they're a virgin. My daughter is definitely a virgin. And she, let, like um, I said, yeah, she's too shy to even try to show her body. But, you know, she wants enough. lashes. She wants to be able yep. to talk about it. She wants to be able to talk about let, it. Let me let DH jump in just so we can sure. get the dialogue. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, that's not anything new. I mean, since the beginning of time, we always had fast tail girls. That's what they used to call them back in the day. That's not anything new. Um, and they're not they they're being kids, even though you might think that they're um, you might think that that's not a part of childhood. There really is. People do stuff like that. You know, in your in in your worldview, what you're doing with your child is more so sheltering the child from those things, but in, in, in outside in the real world, I mean, stuff like that happens. This has always been a thing where the older people sit on the porch and see the little girls walking around and be like, look at her, that fast tail girl right there. That has always been a thing. That's not really anything new. So I really don't, I really can't count that as this is something that is causing a problem amongst the kids because they're doing something that kids has always have always done since the beginning of time. That has always been a thing. All right, it's fair enough for you to have that thought. Let me go to Brother Vaughn. Brother Vaughn, what you got for us, King? Got about a minute and a half before break. Just give you a heads up. Yeah, I think, um, and I'm not suggesting that we should be like China at all or Russia, but I think there's a reason that they ban so much of, of uh, our mm-hmm. hip-hop in those countries. Mm-hmm. And, and I think with that in mind, you have to be mindful of what ideas you want to introduce to your culture, to your society, because um, life does, life is art. I know, I know art imitates life as well, but life does imitate art. And so you can see the behavior change in uh, kids to the way, like, you can't even approach them. There are children now who Back when I was young, we wouldn't cuss in front of adults. Now a child will actually cuss you out, you know, for calling them out on some things. Um, so, and I'm not necessarily blaming that on hip-hop. I'm just talking about all of this in the collective sense where it contributes to the deterioration of our relationships between adults and children and also the value that we see in each other. So you have, like, those little boys at the pools with those little girls. Black women, in large part, are looked at um, by a lot of black men as of lesser value, and, and and a lot of that is because our entertainment, I think, influences us to be much more promiscuous than uh, back in the day. It was a, it was a saying: oh, black girls wouldn't do that. You got to go to a white girl for that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that they weren't doing it. It wasn't that they weren't necessarily doing it. It's just that they were much more discreet about what they were doing. And so you can see over time the deterioration in our relationship with each other, the way we view each other. Uh, and, and so I think this impact that uh, DeAsia asked the question of what impact is it having on the females, 
I think it even uh, influences females to look at men very differently. And, I, and I'm not talking about chicken or egg. I mean, who, I don't care about which one came first. I'm just talking about the, the total collective idea of it. And, and we don't value each other. And I think that music influences that. And one last point. Um, the, the music execs are older. Uh, we talk about the children who are, you know, young and they're not responsible. But the people who are greenlighting this shit, they are older. And they're purposely greenlighting the things that are to our mm-hmm. You can call that 10-4 hat or whatever, but that's what it is. All right, thank you for that thought. Let me hit this break, brother, and I'll keep you on just in case so you can respond to um, to our responses as well. So we'll keep you on. For anybody else that wants to get in, get on, I see other callers out there. You do have to press 1 if you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. What happens when your customers call your business and you're too busy to answer or call them back in a timely manner? You lose that business. Shockingly, 61% of inbound calls go unanswered. But fear not, tchmedia.ai is here to change the game. We specialize in capturing, nurturing, and converting your prospects into loyal customers. With our state-of-the-art communication solutions, no interaction will be left behind. When you miss a call, we've got you covered with automatic, engaging text that keep your prospects connected and eager to choose you over your competitors. Don't let potential customers slip away. Make the smart choice with tchmedia.ai and skyrocket your conversions today. tchmedia.ai is here to change the game. Yes! 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 It's fucking happening Sexy Red is selling out all over the fucking country. East Coast just went live. It's fucking selling out everywhere. Sexy Red is that. These aren't the small 500 cap rooms. This is the 1,500, 2,000 cap rooms. And we're looking at going bigger with how fast this shit's selling. Yes. See the fucking one. Sexy Red, hottest artist in the country, selling out Everywhere, promoters calling me, going crazy right now. Sold the fuck out, loading. You ready? Are you ready? I'm ready for the pool. Come on, mom. I'm about to. I'm about to throw mine off. Where your mom bathing suit? What's a mom bathing suit? You know what a mom bathing suit is like. No, I don't. Not, you know. <laughs> I don't. You know, we're not, you're not going to find a boyfriend. Oh. We're, we're going to the pool. We're not going to Beyonce concert. Okay? My bathing suits be fine. I don't, don't wait. Don't have your milk with out. My milk. Not your milk givers. <laughs> not the booty cheeks at all. No. I, I just wear a bathing suit and a shirt on top. Dang, man. I'm sick of you. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host DeAsia Robinson. This morning's discussion question, whole culture, dangerous or fake outrage? Our special guest, Supreme Ra, as well as Akua. I think we may have lost Supreme. I don't know if he got back in or not. Let me see. I don't think I see him. Yeah, he might not have got back in. Um, but either way, um, played another cut, um, kind of hilarious to me to hear this white guy hi- highlighting how sexy Red is selling out. I don't know if he's related to her, her business or something, so I assume he's 
part of her team to be that excited about her selling out again somewhat being if you will the poster child of today's discussion if you will so we keep alluding to her and then we hear a little cut of a young lady saying to her mother you know wear your mom base suit don't have your she called a milkers out and your booty cheeks out or whatever and so for me that cut just highlights that even at a young age uh, in a sense we can be aware of this discussion of whole culture and what we're talking about, just saying she didn't want her mother out that way. And, you know, young boys are always upset uh, when, the, when their mother, in a sense, over-sexualizes herself uh, out in public, something that young boys are sometimes forced to deal with if their mother like to do that on a regular basis. So I'm just highlighting that there is this awareness. i also bring this up in the sense that while to the age of point, all these stuff has always been around I don't think it is fair to be in denial of this influence becoming mainstream to Vaughn's point of what Russia and you know China do in a sense if you get into the why they do it it reminds me of you know there was a time where you would you, you wouldn't even see a kiss on TV until after nine o'clock. Certain things were held to after nine, with the assumption that most of you were going to bed. So prime time TV was nine o'clock or later, if you will. And so um, you're again kind of digging into Vaughn's point of these executives in a time when the culture was, in a sense, wanting to be more in control of when your child or youth is exposed to things that actually mattered and you know the age to your point that yeah there is always this look at these little fast girls and that type of stuff yeah while that's in a sense always been around when you to me when you ask me what is the influence i see a growth of in the influence of to a coolest point that stuff happening sooner where the innocence in childhood in a sense is being taken away and there is a good thing and exposing or if you will shelter your children until age appropriate that has benefited human culture for a lot of years and i think some of the stuff that we're making okay now puts it in front of our children sooner so that's my thoughts on that i'll let you respond to that as well go ahead queen well um they got holes in russia and they got holes in china too so they might not be listening to hip-hop, but it's hoes over there. So, I mean, I get the point, but it's the besides the point to me. Um, as far as people uh, growing up too fast, it happens. Um, but I, I just really, I, I'm just really one of those people, don't get me wrong or whatever, my thoughts and opinions based on whole culture probably sound like, you know, I'm, I'm agreeing to it. Um, a lot of the music is something that is is something that doesn't need to be out the way it is just put out there. It's no real um it's no real thought put into it where the lyrics are a little bit more uh sister to where you, you know, you could it's metaphoric to where you could have to like later on kind of figure out what they were trying to say. Everything is just just right there live and direct in your face. And it's, it's no filter to it. Now, I do feel that that is that there can be a problem. That definitely can be a problem. However, it's 
the fact that people make it to be one of these things that is just ruining our society and ruining our kids um, to the point where this is the fight that we need to be fighting, that's the part that gets me. Because to me, it's not really that serious. To me, we got bigger fish to fry because sex is going to be had. You know, if the if the little boys, if the if the boys don't respect the, if black men don't respect black women, or black women don't respect black men, those who don't respect each other, it ain't nothing you gonna be able to do to make them respect you. You know what I'm saying? It's almost kind of like trying to get white people to see the human in you. It's like if they don't see it, they ain't gonna see it, and you just don't deal with those people who don't respect you. And that's how I look at it, you know. And so I do at the end of the day feel like it's it's just fake outrage to me because it ain't nothing we could do about it but sit up and talk and complain about it. The only thing we could do is raise our kids and and, and instill what we need to instill in them and that's the only thing we could do. We cannot we cannot change what society chooses to do. Um people gonna do what they wanna do. Right, right. I, I mean again I have to respect your opinion. Um I'll just say that um, propaganda is a very real thing. It has major, major influence. And it's, you know, if like I know a little bit about China, if you will. And again, TikTok comes from them. So they control the algorithm for their children, for example, to see type of things or what they want their children to be. And it seems to be successful from, from at least from obviously what we're hearing about why they don't expose their children. And I'm not talking about in this sense, this, this conversation, you know, obviously we're highlighting Sexy Red, but we're not even talking about just the music, you know, if you will, when you highlight that young girl pointing out she didn't want her mom, you know, going out a certain way and that type of thing. So now when we get into the bigger picture of not just the music, but even the influence of, you know, having a TikTok for this, for this particular conversation, booty cheeks all over TikTok like it's a normalized thing, whereas when I was young, I had to go sneak and 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 have somebody buy the Hustler magazine that was in plastic versus, boom, it's in their face to, to, to be devoid of that influence is, is hard for me to, you know, to get a, a, a grasp on. Akua, your thoughts, Cole? Yeah, actually, I wanted to um, touch on the fact that a lot of people are mentioning the fact that things have been this way for a long time, that it's a little more magnified now. Shit ain't been right for a long time. You know what I mean? And just because it has become normalized is why it's welcome and it's now on TV and whatnot because it's been happening for so long. That was kind of like the starting grounds for it. But it, it wasn't right. It doesn't make it right. And I don't feel like we're in a position as a people to say our generation came out right, our parents got it right, or our grandparents. Like, stuff has been willy-nilly and feeling your way through in the dark for a long time trying to figure it out and what works best. So, that it's it's been going on, you know what I'm saying? So I understand yeah, I that. I'm not saying this is a new problem, but it's intensified now, in my opinion. And then to your last point, I was going to say, we haven't even touched on the fact of how this affects the adults, because right. there's a lot of adults that are Absolutely. impacted almost just as much, you know what I mean? Now mm-hmm. that, you know, the stripper culture is more welcomed and embraced and magnified, like you got women who are literally going under the knife like they never have before trying to emulate the bodies of those who, you know, usually in that career. And, you know, want to just try to run a race with them. You know what I mean? Like, whatever it is you think you can get from them, you can get from me too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just as freaky. I'm just as, 
you yeah, know, I explore, you know, I explore my sexuality just as much as the strippers do. You know, I just don't have money involved. But, hey, and that's when we see on TikTok, cheeks everywhere, breasts everywhere. And on a relationship level, when you have a man who's not with a woman who, you know, maybe she even could stand to embrace her sexuality a little more, but is not out there like that, is now jeopardizing his relationship instead of pouring into it, like, hey, baby, I find you attractive too. You ever thought of doing this, that, or the third? He's just idolizing these women. He'll probably never meet, may not even have a chance in hell with, but is disrespecting his home for. Yeah, you know what I mean? Real. At the end of the day, no, I don't you, even want you. that woman. No, I feel you. Yeah, no, I feel you. It definitely is. It's a real influence. I mean, you know, and I've heard the agent, you even talk about this. I'm going to go to a caller, so I won't give you a big response. I'll give you a chance to respond because of a caller. But I've always heard you, the agent, I've agreed with you how a lot of older women are now copying the young kids. So to a coolest point, I think some of that mm-hmm. is all based on, as as the cool said, in a sense, the strip club culture, which has always been around, always will be around, but now that, we, in a sense, it's become mainstream, now you got older women trying to chase the younger women to her point. And I know, you know, I know you always say those older women, why are they even doing that? The why is probably because of the prop, in a sense, the propaganda. And I'm saying propaganda, not that somebody's behind it, but just it becoming normalized and mainstream. That becomes the issue to a degree. Let's go to the caller real quick. 682 Last three one seven seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Peace. This is Baba Amin, and I'm calling from Fort Worth, Texas. So I'm at home this weekend. Hey, what's up, Baba? What you got for us, King? <laughs> what's happening? What's happening? What's happening to the Asia? Hey, Baba. All right. Hey, y'all having a great dialogue this morning. I'm sitting here getting ready for a class, man, and, and I was just compelled to call. Uh, because I'm really enjoying the dialogue. I'm enjoying a variety of viewpoints, man. And I just want to uh, uh, just call in and, and I just want to make just one, one quick point. You know, everybody's making great points. And, and I, it's just been my experience that, like, from working with young people through the gangster culture era to now working with young people in the old culture era, I don't mind the magnification of it. It's almost inevitable. Every aspect of your culture is going to be magnified, especially today uh, in, in social media. But the thing that I found, just like with gangster culture, the glorification comes first. The consequences will be magnified soon after, you know. And and the most we found out back in the day, the the person that was in most danger with the gangster culture was the gangster himself who was engaged in that life, gangsters get killed, gangsters get robbed, gangsters get incarcerated. The most, the person in the most danger in the whole culture are the hoes. Hoes get raped. Hoes get robbed. Hoes mm. get killed. They're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's the same thing, right? And, and when young people start touching it, like back in our day, you had gangsters, but then with gangster culture, you had really nice guys dressing up like gangsters, but they wasn't gangsters. They were right. dressing like gangsters, talking like that gangsters. Was, that was cool that was look, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? But, but, what, yeah, like. but what really gangsters? Now, you was playing like a dangerous gang, or sometimes, you know, the, the one who ain't a gangster walk in front of the wrong person. Right. You know, we, we sometimes you got on the wrong color. You're in the wrong neighborhood. Right. You weren't ready mm-hmm. for those consequences, you know. And so the same cautionary tale goes uh, today with young men, young men who are still trying to do it. Like, it ain't, it ain't going nowhere. That gangsterism right. is still there, you know. And, and so young ladies, they just got to be careful where you step, you know, when you're expressing yourself, you know, because you might step in front of the wrong person, the wrong situation. I was dealing with a young lady who, who thought that it was, 
going to be glamorous when she stepped into the strip club to make some extra money. I ain't judging her for going and trying to do what she got to do. But when she stepped in there, she she wasn't ready for that. She wasn't ready for the eyes, the hands. She wasn't ready for for the backstage. She wasn't ready for the stage mama. She wasn't ready for none of that. She she didn't know that it wasn't glamorous. You you, you understand what I'm saying? She didn't know she wasn't going to make $500 a night. A thousand dollars a night. She didn't realize that she had to do day shift first. You know right. what I'm saying? Like it was all kinds of stuff that that yeah, yeah, that, that, that came the in. The you know what I'm saying? I hate, and I hate to say I have to learn the other side that way, but mm-hmm. life is don't teach you. You you gonna learn. Yeah. And and so when we're dealing with these things on the grassroots level, sometimes it being magnified uh gives us a tool to have conversations that otherwise we wouldn't know to have. So no, I was kind of speaking from from no, that perspective. I appreciate no, y'all this morning, though. No, thank you, brother. Uh, we're going to go to break, and I'll get the age of thoughts to what Baba Amin said. You like that? You listen to the Mr. Carlisle Talk Show. What I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go, and everywhere I be, be, I don't even talk, talk, they still go with me. Because I look like money, smell like money, talk like money, even walk like money. Do you think, why do you think men are not getting married? That's women. Do you think men have something to do with it as well? Same thing. I think, well, first and foremost, I think, and I speak out on this, women are not desirable right now. Everyone's a Kim Kardashian clone. I asked you earlier, what, what don't men want? And you said promiscuity. Well, that seems about the only thing that's being offered right now. <laughs> when I open my Instagram and I've got butt cheeks and I'm going, people are like, I don't understand why no one wants to, this woman's been married four times. I'm like, well, I can, I can understand it because even if men think they want it in the short term, when you see a girl, she's half naked, she looks good. Yeah, sure. You probably do want to have sex with her. I bet yeah. you're wired that way. You're yeah. hardwired wired that way but then what happens after you after you have sex and you realize that so did 20 other dudes in the same week you don't want her you nailed it you absolutely not only nailed it and this is where it's so we're in such a difficult it's a race to the bottom with between the two genders right as the women act worse the men act worse by extension (laughs) because if you're going to be moral in an immoral world you're going to end up wrecked right so it's getting harder and harder so we have to kind of like fix one of the genders first women women aren't desirable right now as in the western hemisphere as a whole um and of course Finding a wife is hard. Finding a wife is hard, and it's because women are literally being conditioned to behave like sluts. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host DeAsia Robinson. This morning's discussion question, whole culture, dangerous or fake outrage? I think we may have lost Supreme Rob, but um, special guests are cool. But DeAsia, I wanted to let you... Um, respond to Baba Amin to cut anything that you're hearing there, Queen. I'm going to bring you back live. Again, you have some background now, so I want to mute you, but you're alive now. Go ahead, Queen. 
I don't know where this background noise is coming from because I'm in the silent room, but anyhow. Um, whatever it is, just kind of pulls in. I, just I hear don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just letting you know. That's why I'm muting you. I don't know what that is because I've been over here like, what is going on? Know, but anyway, what, uh, what Baba said, I really like what he said about um, – him liking that is magnified because now you know what you need to touch on with the kids. And um, that that's a good point because when you think about, like, um, I've heard points being made about how things wasn't as accessible. Uh, like, you had to sneak and get the magazines and things like that. Back then, you had to, we, we still watched the stuff. We still saw it. Our parents just didn't know that we were looking at it, right? So now we're going down the wrong road. We're looking at these things. These conversations are not being had around it. And so now we're creating these ideas in our head, and which pretty much got us to where we're at now because it wasn't magnified to where the older people are kind of able to see what the youth is doing and be able to step in and give some guidance. Now, with it being magnified, people are able to give the guidance. Um, so I, I definitely uh, point of uh, that he made regarding that. Now, as far as that clip that was just played, you know, um, what what's the other the other lady name on here? Kalor, is that Akur, right? Akur, Akur, Akur. Um, she made a good point. Um, I think she was making a point about um, like the how the old people are like the older people are. Uh, um, impressionable as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very interesting how a lot of older people uh, who have been through the highs and lows of relationships, and they get on these podcasts and they start talking about how men no longer like women and women no longer like men, and how hard the dating pool is out here and everything like that. And I think that a lot of times we get older, we get bitter, we start pointing fingers, and we don't do the work that needs to be done. Uh, before we jump back out of trying to date and get into a relationship, we want mm-hmm. people to accept us how we are. Well, um, we don't want to do the work to make ourselves the best version of ourselves that we could possibly be. We worry about what somebody can be for us instead of what we could be for somebody. Um, and so we go into the relationships and we go into the dating world uh, with the wrong idea. We're looking for somebody to be something for us and we haven't prepared ourselves to be something for them. And I think uh, those conversations need to stop being had. I'm really sick of those type of conversations because people are still out here getting into relationships, getting married and having families and building, you know, their legacies Mm -hmm. with one another. Um, If I'm not mistaken, like here lately has been the most that kids have been uh, raised and black kids have been raised in um, two-parent households and everything like that. So I, I feel like people need to get off these soapboxes and um, deal with themselves because it, that's just some internalized bitterness that they be dealing with, if you ask me. Well, fair enough. Actually, got a caller. Cool. Did you want to respond real quick before I go to the caller or go to the caller? It's your choice. No, definitely. We go to the caller. I agree with this 100%. Okay, no problem. Yeah, I'm just making sure if you have, have something you want to say before I go to the caller. Area code 404, last 3052. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hello, Montoya. This is Ebony. How are you? Hey, what's up, Queen? You got in on this thing. What you got for us this morning? Yeah, man. I'm sorry. I was sitting there earlier. But anyway, I have I have so many um, comments I can make during this subject, but I'll try to keep it as 
um, brief as possible. Um, so your one guest, Miss um, Deja, is that, am I saying it correctly? Yeah, Deja, Deja, uh-huh. Deja. Yes, I, hi, how are you, Miss Deja? I'm well. So, how are you? I'm good. Um, there, mm-hmm. you, I've listened to almost everything you, you know, your opinions and your perspectives that you've shared, and I have to say, to be open-minded, I definitely can see your your perspective and how you view, you know, this um, particular uh, situ- not situation, but you know, error going on in our culture. However, you know, I believe, you know, on the flip side, there were some other comments made by other visitors and callers that I agree with more because we as a whole, as people, just as humans and individuals, we are taking, we're not taking responsibility for ourselves and what we have, um, you know, uh, subscribed to, what we glorify. And there was one gentleman that said, you know, or maybe it might have been one of the ladies that um, was on the show that said that the consumption and what, you know, is actually bought into is how something grows. And that's where the responsibility lies is, you know, we are um, growing, you know, this epidemic in our culture because we subscribe to it and, like, the subscription continues to grow and that's where we are responsible, you know what I'm saying? We could go back and forth and talk about, you know, who who's doing this and who's doing that, and, you know, true, at the end of the day, any individual is going to do what they want as they see fit for their own lives. However, as the consumer or as the person on the outside that, you know, is so-called choosing to be entertained and not be entertained is where, you know, a lot of that responsibility lies. It's the same difference as, like, you know, if someone chooses to boycott a company because they felt like they did, you know, X, Y, Z wrong, so everybody's out here, you know, picketing or whatever the case may be. But, like, it's, it is, I do believe, this culture to be a detriment to us. Um, the And I say that in conjunction with the fact that um, we allow it to perpetuate we allow our people to perpetuate, we glorify, we give these people awards for being out here, but at the same token, you can't be that person to to uh, perpetuate the whole culture, you know, and have those ideas but still in the same breath demand respect as a woman. Like, you can't ride both sides of the fence, you know what I'm saying? Like, which end of the... What, now, I hear a question. Let me say this. No, no, I hear that. I hear your question there. Let me let me talk about that real quick, and uh, we got another caller as well. But thanks so much for your call, Ebony. And so what you're asking yeah, there now, yeah. um, the context I would put that in for today's conversation is, um, I always call it time and place. So if I'm able to, if you will, impart some values into a young girl or my daughter per se, if I had one, right? Everything will be time and place. So time and place meaning there is a place to be some of these very things that we're talking about that you would want to perpetuate in your relationship. But in answering your question, um, I would highlight that part of what, and I agree with you in this sense, part of why this is somewhat of an issue is because, in my opinion, 
we've taken things that were, in a sense, reserved for the bedroom and normalized them publicly to the extent that you can, in a sense, turn around and ask that question. If we make this normalized, right. So, so I do feel you on that point. I'm just highlighting that ultimately the issue is, again, it's always been around, but cultures typically try to separate where that accessibility is. And in my opinion, to your point, we can all now serve to be Dion Warwick's, like the example we had in the first hour where she tries to provide some guidance. And I think it is smart to talk about what that guidance looks like. So I appreciate you for your thoughts. All right. Thank you. No, absolutely. For the next counter, I want to cut you off. So, um, Akua, did you want to jump in? on the, got like a minute before break, and then I'm going to get to the caller after break. Akua, you still live with us? Let me see. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I guess my, my earbuds are going out. No, no, no. I'm good. Go to AkuaWrites.com okay. if you're interested in some more content. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We still got the what everybody's talking about. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure. All right, let me go to this break, and yeah, we'll I'm get good. to the next caller after the break. All right, we're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think we'll be right back. Want to get in? We've got one more segment, 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. Are you intimidated by money? While this is a question most people never think to ask themselves, but when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitt. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. See red? <laughs> yeah? And Yo, hey, she going crazy, bro. You got to give her her flowers, bro. She going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I hate her. Yeah, that's uh, uh she she she's delivering a whole spirit amongst young girls. She she's introducing. We've had a gangster spirit. The gangster spirit damn near wiped the young black males out. This whole spirit, this whole spirit is fit to do a number on the young black girls. They already got the boys. They never had focus on black girls before. The powers of be, the tools of white supremacy have never just strictly targeted black girls. They first started targeting black girls with imagery, saying black girls, you're not pretty if you don't have white girl hair. Those were symbolic things that they were doing. Now, now they're stripping the black girl of the, the black man had already shamed the black woman's image to the world by way of rap living. Bitch, hold something with dick, pouring beer on her, and the rap videos. So that's why Mr. Laura C. Tucker came out 
and said, hold up, y'all, we this misogyny music. So that's why she came out and did. She saw what it was doing, right? So now we're at a point now, uh, if a black woman is raped, she's going to be questioned compared to a white woman. They're going to automatically think a white, a black girl wants it. So what we're going to start seeing, because of the imagery of sexy red, we're going to start back seeing white boys getting drunk, uh, getting their trucks, going back into the black community, snatching up the sexy red-looking black girl, or, or, or booking one prostitute for a, a, a sexy red. It, it's going to get ugly, I mean, for the black girl. So the black girl is going to start being raped more. She's going to start being publicly brutalized like the woman who was hit in the head with the rock. All of this imagery makes it easy for a black woman to get hit in the head with a rock, and we all stand around and look at it. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Deasia Robinson. This morning's discussion question, whole culture, dangerous or fake? Outrage, if I could highlight very briefly that Making Money Matter commercial uh, that is every second Monday of the month, we discuss money and mental health with finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pittman. I would love to highlight that on October the 20th, next Friday, the Mental Dialogue Live experience at Urban Grind, we are bringing the online Making Money Matters in person at the live experience. So come out, ask your questions about money, find out how your mental health affects your spending, your saving, your investing. Uh, Come ask your questions of our experts live in person, Urban Grind, next Friday. Go to mentaldialogue.com if you're in the Atlanta area or visiting the Atlanta area for details. It's a donation-only event, Uh, but I am very proud and happy to bring that online community offline Live in 3D at the live experience next Friday at Urban Grind. Going to the cut. I see Brother Vaughn wants to get back in. I think we have another caller as well. Um, but we hear that was Brother Charleston White on Say Cheese TV highlighting what, in a sense, in his perspective, what happened. In a sense, the gang, he called it the gangster spirit, now the whole spirit and the detriment. And I absolutely see some validity in the perspective of how in a sense, our women in particular will be seen. And the reality is that narrative has always been around since, since the, in a sense, we were free from enslavement. There was a narrative that were intentionally went around about, you know, black men wanting to wait white women and that black women were more promiscuous. So those narratives has always existed. And I just think what we're seeing now is a continuation of those narratives in order to, in a sense, psychologically still see African-Americans specifically as less than due to these narratives. And unfortunately, narratives propagandize, unfortunately, captures more than it would if it wasn't propagandized, in my opinion. Let me go to Brother Vaughn real quick. All right, brother, you live again. Yeah, that was a powerful clip by Charleston White. Uh, I, to your point about the narratives always being around, I think the difference is that now we've actually embraced those narratives ourselves. 
it was it was out, it was external before everybody was looking looking down on us or looking at us in certain ways and now we're mm-hmm. actually a walking manifestation of those narratives and that's I think that's even more dangerous but here's another point um, now, let me say this real quick before you make that, let me say this real quick before you make that point let me say this real quick and what happens is that when the narrative becomes propagandized that is what will result down the line right what I'm saying is so so what yeah. you, to your point it becomes it because you do expect an embracing once the propaganda has been played out, right? You eventually that because that is why you propagandize for it to eventually play out and be accepted. Just wanted to kind of really hit that hit home with that point. Go ahead and make your point, brother. Yeah, yeah, that that that's a fact. And so even just to even amplify that point, you have to question the motive, um, or. It, or you have to question whether or not there is a motive as to why that propaganda is even put out there. Uh, but to, I'm going to jump off that and just on this last point real quick, because there's a reason why Michael Jackson had to change those lyrics where he said, kick me, kite me, screw me, jewel mm-hmm. me. Um, there's a reason why we got to be careful who we call out on social media or whose name you never hear in the mm-hmm. news or in the media or on these different programs. Or what so these words have power. And these messages have power, and, and there are there is a protected class among us who you never hear negative things about, whereas there is a class, a very unprotected class of people who you hear damn near anything imaginable. There's nothing that cannot be said, derogatorily speaking, about black folk. And, and when you when you see how that's being played out in society, to, to Charleston White's point, it's it's going back to the point where you can't even. I hope, I hope I'm not I'm not speaking this into this. I'm gonna say I hope we don't get back to a point where you can't even rape a black woman. I hear what you're okay. saying. I, I, I definitely I don't I don't know if we'll go that far, uh, but I definitely understand in a sense um, that point being sensationalized to highlight that there there is what 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 actually is happening, right? Like I think like that, so I definitely understand the extreme in which you speak that too. So um thank you for your three cents. I think I got another caller. Let me make sure I don't um but thank you for getting in several times today, brother. Uh let me check and see if this is another call. I wanna a cool I want to hear your thoughts next if I don't. Um area code four seven eight last three three zero three. Have I gotten you in or is this your first time getting in on the call? I, I can't remember. I might have forgot to write your number down. Oh, this is my you... first time. Okay, okay, I got you. I thought I thought it was first. Go ahead, brother. Uh, yes, brother, sincere. Go ahead, King. I thought, I thought I was like, I don't think I got this number in. I, I had another number close to yours, so it confused me. Go ahead, brother. Word, word, word. Peace and love, man. What's up, family? Uh, on the greatest platform to have a mental dialogue conversation that matters to the culture. Uh, I love the conversation that's being had. And uh, I almost fell victim uh, to the whole culture myself. is definitely a real thing. Uh, the truth normally sits somewhere in the middle. Part of it is fake outrage. Uh, part of it is absolutely destructive. Working with families, children, uh, uh, and adults, uh, what I've found is that, uh, you know, a lot to Asia's point is not happening in the home. The conversations are not being had. So we run with what we see. Uh, we run with what's put immediately in our faces. So uh, what we have to do is we have to take it into a space to where we have these conversations so we can drive the narrative in our mm-hmm. own culture. And, and the way we do that is by having a conversation. So that's why we're having 
Relationship abundance at seven on the east side. So Absolutely. let's continue to have a conversation and build, yo. Now I love it. Thank you for that three cents. Uh, Akua, any thoughts? So we're on the last segment here. I definitely appreciate that call, sincere, and, and I definitely agree. Um, and the uh, age, I even, I mean, you know, again, you agreed to be on this conversation, and you're in this, in the podcasting industry yourself, if you will. So I know you understand this. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, we do try to have the dialogues where we're not complaining, right? We have the dialogues to really talk about it thoroughly for those who it can make a difference. And as 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 brother. Uh, Supreme Ross said to you, Akua, so that we can put down the program and maybe maybe I hear some things that I can use at home that had I not heard on this show, I didn't I wasn't equipped for or how much, you know, how can I control this? So the dialogues are necessary based on this reality of how accessible all these things are. Um, but go ahead, Queen, um, your, your, your final thoughts, if you will, um, in reference to this conversation. And I'm going to close with Deasia on her final thoughts as well. Cool, you still there? All right. I may have lost her. Sorry, this this AirPod. Okay. Um, yeah, I would just say everybody um, within earshot realizing that can be a part of the solution because we're talking about the the lack of balance with positivity, right? So realizing even if you don't directly have children, you having any interaction with children and people in general, just being what we're saying we need to see more of opposed to being passive about the things we want to see less of so that we can empower the change that we want to see. I love it. How can people find more of you, Akul, um, before I let Deja give her her. All right, right. So um, my social media and my website is the same, which is Akua Writes. Akua is A-K-U-A, and then Writes, you know, just like a writer. Um, So that's my Instagram, which I'm plenty active on as well as my website where my books are sold. And did you say the I website? Can you say it? Or did it's you say, a cool Okay, gotcha. I don't know if you heard it said it. Okay, cool. All right, DeAsia, again, thank you for agreeing to help me hold this thing down. Uh, we're going to have to um, talk to blog talk to find out why they're making up background noise on you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're doing me wrong. I know they're doing you dirty, Queen. But, uh, yeah, give us your yeah. uh, final thoughts on this conversation. I uh, enjoyed the conversation with you as well, but go ahead. Um, I think we're we're dealing with extreme. Something that I want to say is just to leave, uh, leave us with this is that, you know, we're dealing in a time where women are wanting to feel, you know, empowered and sexually liberated. And sexual liberation has turns into sexual exploitation. People don't know the difference between sexual liberation and sexual exploitation. And now they're seeing it being exploited and not handled properly. And I just think ultimately everyone just has to, you know, raise their kids and steal those principles and values in their children. Since it is magnified, use it to be able to have these conversations that need to be had. And I think, um, We'll be able to save some of these people, these kids that we're trying to get our arms around versus um, not having these conversations and just losing them. So I think that um, it's definitely good to keep these conversations going. And as we're having these conversations, make sure we're sitting down with the younger people around us and kind of exploring their thoughts about what they're seeing Mm -hmm. and being able to guide them in the right direction. Because we also, we have our perspective. 
but we also have to sit down with them to really get an understanding of how they see what is going on around them. And a lot of them don't even agree with it. So we, they, they, they um, should be a part of the conversation as well. Now, very important. I always tell people that come to the live experience that we do every third Friday, uh, this conversation really is no good if you don't take it to your dinner table with your children or whatever. Yeah, you know, adults or all of us with similar perspectives, if you will, sitting around agreeing or disagreeing, this ain't right and that ain't wrong. It does nothing if we're not actually turning around and seating the children. And uh, to your point, respecting their viewpoint to better understand how to even help them navigate. If you just tell them they're mm-hmm. wrong, to your point, Asia, or you just dismiss their viewpoint, then they're absolutely not going to listen, and then they might be lost to whatever, you know, whatever agenda that's out there because you didn't listen to their perspective to help them navigate. So thank you for both of your thoughts. Great discussion this morning. Uh, see you all next Saturday. I am going to close with one little cut just to close out today's thought in reference to um, whole culture, dangerous, fake, and or fake outrage. All right. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. With gray hairs, but they're still chasing clout because they're still like, I want to be relevant with the young boys. You know, I want to make music that the teenagers going to feel. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to be trying to fit in with them. You're supposed to be setting an example for them. And when I hear these people that have been rapping about selling cocaine, you know, we could call them out by name if we wanted to, bro, and go viral right quick, but they know who they are, and the fans listening to this know who they are. Like, you in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, if you still rapping about cocaine or killing people, even if you sold that, even if you shot somebody before, there's a difference between narration and glorification. And I just feel like in the rap game, it's too much glorification of things that's going to get us locked up or get us six feet underground. I'm glad you, I'm glad you clarified that. 